You have just entered The Royal Access, the show for growth-minded game changers seeking God's direction in their relationships and careers. I'm your host, Coral Pinder, and I'm super excited about growing along with you. Now let's dive in to this episode. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to another episode. It's your girl, Corel, and I am so glad to be here with you guys today. Excited. You know that's my word. I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. And we're still in the series, Stewardship. And today the topic is, how deep is your love? How deep is your love? We are creeping up on Valentine's Day. And for those who are watching this sometime or listening to this, I should say sometime in the future, still feel the love, still feel the love that we're feeling around this time. And in the series Stewardship that we have been exploring, we've been talking about how God wants us to make sure that we are stewarding over what's currently in our lives in order to increase or to carry us to another level when it comes to the things that we may be thinking about or the things that we may want more of. And when we think about how deep is your love, today I'm talking about connections and relationships, but not just romantic relationships, relationships in general. And so when you think about, you know, the kind of relationships that you're longing for that may not currently be in your life. So relationships like you're longing for a great group of trusted friends. I remember talking to some women, I think around the first time when I started my podcast and they were saying, you should do an episode on friendship and how it's so hard to find a genuine group of friends, of people that are in your corner and choosing, especially as you move through different seasons of your life, finding solid friendships is really hard. She's at a season in her life where she's a wife and she's a mother and things look different for her in terms of she was not in the workplace at the time and just saying that it was a very hard place to be because she didn't find herself surrounded by a small group of trusted friends that she could rely on. So that's a yearning, a relationship that, you know, that she was hoping that God birthed in her life sometime in the future. For some of us, as as the Valentine's comes up, you're yearning for a romantic relationship or a marriage or for some people who may be younger, just, just want a relationship. Jesus, like, I didn't, I didn't even ask for all of that. Just maybe just, 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 a boyfriend, maybe, or just a girlfriend, if you're a guy listening to this. Um, or maybe for some people, you're longing for a relationship for children. Maybe you're longing for that relationship of, you know, I have a great marriage and this is great, but we're still longing to have that kind of relationship in the future. And then maybe it's a work family. Maybe you maybe you don't have a work family at all. Maybe you're not entrepreneur like me and you're like, I just want to get to the point where I have a team. Or maybe you work in a particular environment now and it's like, this is not it. And I see people talking about, you know, having these loving work relationships where we hang out all the time and do great things together. And I want that. I want that kind of, you know, bond with other people. So no, no matter what it is that you're yearning for the kind of relationship. I definitely believe in stewardship in terms of God wants us to be able to store it well over whatever is currently in our life, even if there are things that we are longing for in the future or things that we are desiring. I do feel that at one point in our life, the relationships that we have now, we may have been desiring it at some point and God is saying, don't forget about that. Don't forget about the fact that the relationships you have now, at some point in your life, you were desiring this kind of relationship. Even if it is as 
simple and for some people it's not that simple because we talked about friendships earlier even if it is that I can look around now and say I do have a small group of really great trusted friends that's something to cherish something to really be excited about and so one of the things that this topic came out of you guys know that we're doing the may I call you queen course and it's so amazing we actually increased the number we got one more person that's a part of the course and I'm so excited about you know being able to store it over these ladies um, during this season and during this time. And God has just been so good with that. And I'm so grateful that he trusted me with it. And I remember going in for a long time. I'm not sure if I m- mentioned it on the episode last week, but going in it for a long time thinking it was only going to be two people. And so for God to raise it to the six people that are in there now, it just shows me that, you know, I am moving in the direction that he wants me to move in and that it's about serving and pouring into them and just allowing the Holy Spirit to do the work. But one of the things that came out of the session this week, and there's there's so many gems that come out, not just for the women, but for me too, of what the Holy Spirit continues to download inside of me through these experiences. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit downloaded inside of me based off of, you know, a conversation that happened was, that the lesson I was talking about was talking about when God says yes, when God says not yet, when God says no. And in God saying not yet, he's teaching us patience is the thing that I was talking about. And so one of the things that came out of that in my quiet time with God after in terms of God teaching us patience is in First Corinthians, it says love is patient. Love is patient. And so what God was trying to tell me is when I am teaching you patience, I am carrying you to another level with me when it comes to love. I'm deepening the love between us and that's what's going on in the wait. And if we think about that, when we're waiting on something and today we're talking about relationships that we're longing for, whether it's a good friendship, whether it's a romantic relationship, whether it's motherhood or or father or being a father, no matter what it is that you're longing for, that or, or great work family, whatever it is that you're longing for in that weight, in that tug, in that pool where God is trying to teach you patience in that weight, he's really trying to deepen that relationship with you. He's really trying to go to another level in that relationship with you. And he's really trying to show you really what love is because there's a song we used to sing growing up love is something that you give it away give it away and you end up having more god is love for god so loved the world that he gave god is love for he so loved the world that he gave and so you are asking god to have the capacity to give more to others and so in order to be able to give more into another connection, another friendship, another thing that you're longing for in order to be able to give. Sometimes he makes us wait so that he can deepen our capacity with him so that we would be able to give into that new connection. And so it's really hard sometimes to wait. But I think if you think of the weight of, you know what, it's taking a while, but God is teaching me patience and love is patient. And that means he needs to deepen my capacity. So whenever he brings whatever it is, this new connection in my life, I will have the capacity to deposit into it. Because it sounds really nice to say that I'm longing for a greater group of friends, but a greater group of friends are going to pull on the capacity for you to give love. I'm longing for a romantic relationship or marriage. Yeah, that's great. 
in theory, but know that in that relationship, it's going to tug on you and pull out of you and require more of you, a deepening capacity. And so God is saying in this weight, I'm teaching you how I'm going to deepen your capacity so that you can be able to love on a different level. I remember when I was, there's a song by Marvin Sapp, Deeper, and it says it's he's calling you deeper. He's calling you deeper. And one of the verses in it says, this can't be it. God is so much bigger than this. I was at a point when I wanted to quit, but I heard the call. He's calling me deeper. And someone sent me that song right before I moved to LA. And I was like, yes, yes, this can't be it. Nassau can't be it. God is so much bigger than this. He's bigger than this island, bigger than the Bahamas. Yes, Lord, I love this song. You know, I was at a point where I wanted to quit, right? You know, they let me go for my job and I wanted to quit, but yes, hallelujah, Jesus saw the light. But I heard the call, I heard the call to go to LA. Yes. And you guys heard my story before. I loved it. And I loved it. And I was like, he's calling me deeper. He's calling me into a new realm. I am outside of the Bahamas. I'm about to make some moves, make some connections. And the person who sent it to me, she like sold into my life. She sent me this song. She was like, girl, you doing it, girl. I'm happy for you. I was like, yes, girl, deeper. We deeper in LA. We deeper in LA. Okay, okay, I'm doing a lot. But I was excited. I was like, he called me deeper. And so after months of being in LA and the program ended and God told me I need you to go home. I was like, I'm, I'm you called me deeper though. Like I, I don't want to go back to the shallow. I don't want to go back to the shallow waters of the Bahamas. It pretty, it's pretty, but you called me deeper. We, we launched into the deep and it was only years later that God told me, you know what deeper was in that, in that time and in that season deeper was, can I give you a glimpse an experience of everything that you want or everything that you've been desiring. And then can you give it up for me? Can you sacrifice everything that you've ever wanted for me? Because if you can sacrifice the things that you want for what I'm saying is best for your life in this moment, even though it feels hard, even though it's going to take a long wait, if you can sacrifice that, then you're going to go deeper in me. You're going to go deeper in our love. And like I said, in order for you to be able to pour out into that next season, God is saying, I need you to store it over what's going on right now. And in the weight of storing over what's going on right now, I'm going to call you deeper into me. I'm going to make sure that you have the capacity to go forth into the next connection, into the next opportunity, into the next thing that I'm launching you into. I'm calling you deeper. And when I think about sacrificing everything that you've ever desired and wanted to do something that God wants you to do. I think about the story of Esther. And in the story of Esther, she is a Jew and Queen Vashti doesn't want to come before her husband. So they banish Queen Vashti away and they go to find a new queen and they go through beauty treatments for a whole year. And during that time, Esther is going through the beauty treatments and nobody knows that she's a Jew and she's under the direction of her uncle who told her to go there in the first place. And at the end of the time of preparing the women to become a queen, Queen Esther was chosen. And so she is now the queen over Persia and she's in a you know, great role and position. And then Mordecai hears that one of the king's high men that's right under him wants to kill all of the Jews and Mordecai is just mortified and he's upset and he's 
taken off all of his clothes and he goes by the King's Gate and someone tells Esther that that's what he did. And she sent clothes back to him and he doesn't take the clothes. And then she sent a messenger to him to find out what was going on. And he told her that Haman wants to kill all of the Jews. And so you need to save us. And she's like, "Mm, honey, boo boo. I don't know if I can do that because, you know, King has to call on you. And if he doesn't call on you and you just go before him without him calling on you, you could die. And so that could be my life. So I don't, I don't really know about how that's going to work out. And so then she said, you know, the King didn't call on me in 30, in 30 days. So I don't know if this is a smart move. And he was like, yeah, no, you, you're going to have to do this because you're a Jew and this is your responsibility and your responsibility is to us before it is to being in that position. And who knows, maybe you became queen for such a time as this. Maybe your capacity was being built in this relationship for such a time as this. And now are you willing to go deeper and give up everything that you wanted from this new connection in order to stay true and loyal to the connection of your family and where you came from? And so she had to make the decision to go before them and to request that the Jews be saved and reveal who Haman really was. And in the end, it worked out. The Jews were saved. Haman was found out to be someone who was being manipulative and just going behind the king's back. And it ended well for Esther because she did what God wanted her to do, even though God is not mentioned in the book of Bible. She did what God wanted her to do. And she was able to save the Jews and she was able to be loyal to her people. And so the first thing that I want to ask you when you're thinking about, okay, I want more when it comes to relationship or there's a, there's a different kind of relationship that I'm seeking. The first thing I'm asking you about the current relationships that are in your life, the current connections in your life, the relationship as a mother, your relationship as a daughter, your relationship as a son, your relationship as a sibling, your relationship as a wife, your relationship as a husband. When you think about those current relationships that you're, you're in right now, how well are you doing in those relationships? How well are you doing in those relationships? Are you sorting over those relationships? And so there are three questions I want to ask. I always have three, point, three questions. So there's three questions I want to ask of how you can do a heart check to see, you know, how deep is my love? Am I sorting over the current relationships that are in my life? Are you willing to be interrupted? Mm. Let me tell y'all, Corel, Jesus working on my heart. Jesus working on my heart. I am not somebody, I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know if I developed a complex over the years, but the last relationship I was in, they always asked, like, why don't you like to be by yourself? Why don't you like to be by yourself? And I was just, because I got you, boo. I don't need to be by myself because I got you. And he was like, I just need you to learn how to be by yourself. I don't know. Like, when that ended, I just went, like, extreme. Like, I love being by myself. Like, it's, it's scary. Like, I really want to be married, but I'm like, God, like, I like being by myself. And there are often times when I complain about being a 35-year-old living in my parents' house, but God did it for a reason. He's like, you want to be married. And if you live by yourself for the last few years, I don't know if you're going to make it, boo-boo. Because I love, I love... It is like my sanctuary. I love, I so love being by myself. Like I said, I don't know if it developed a complex when the relationship ended. Like I went like, woo, all the way to the extreme to the other side. But Jesus is working on your girl. Stretch your hands and pray for your girl because I like to be by myself a lot, a whole lot. So when you're like to be by yourself a whole lot, then you've kind of planned your agenda that includes yourself. And so in my agenda, that's always including myself. When my mom comes in or someone comes in, it's like, oh, can I interrupt you for a second? Or somebody calls, oh, can I interrupt you? I'm like, 
not really, because I've already planned this long agenda by myself, but okay. But when you are loving somebody, you're willing to be interrupted. And as we can see, Esther was living her, her good life, living her best life as queen. And then she heard that Mordecai is tearing off his clothes in front of the gate. Like, what's going on? Okay, this is interrupting my peace, my queenship. I'm on my queenship and you tearing off your clothes. What's going on? But are you willing to be interrupted? And one of the times that I was interrupted that I am so glad that I was able to say, you know, it doesn't matter. This interruption does not matter. My When my brother got sick in 2019... At first, and and the thing is, at first, we didn't, none of us took it as seriously as it needed to be looked at. We didn't take it that seriously. And when we did, when we realized, I think, I think he went to a doctor's, he was coming from, he would drive himself to physical therapy. And he brought himself home one day back by our house after physical therapy. And I'm like, I just don't feel like you should be driving. Like, I really just don't feel like you should be driving. And so I am going, I work for myself. I wasn't working at an office at the time. I was working from home. So I, my first inkling was just like, I'm just going to drop you to physical therapy. And it, it had to be the Holy Spirit. Cause like I said, I don't like to be interrupted, but also he, he seemed it, it, there was the Holy Spirit allowing me to see things that I may have not normally seen because I can tend to be kind of self self-centered or focusing on myself. Don't judge me. Jesus is still working on my heart. I'm working on it. I tend to be that way sometimes. And so it's something that I need to be aware of so that I can pour more into my friendships and my relationships of family and close friends. And so I started to just start by just dropping him to physical therapy and then going into physical therapy and then working with him in physical therapy. And at this time, I'm just thinking that my brother is going through a season. Like, I don't think like these are your last months with him. And I, so I think that's why the Holy Spirit and his grace said, you know, I'm going to help her to see things that she doesn't normally see because I need her to know that these are the last moments. These are the last months. My brother passed away in August and this started with me in May. And so I did that. And I also went away for all of July. And so God knew that he needed to take me on that mission trip. So it was, you're going to need to start doing this from now so that you could kind of understand when he does go away, why that was so important for you to be interrupted in that season. So it got to a point where it went from a little bit of my workday to my entire workday to me, you know, helping out his clients when it came to real estate, to my day, and especially during the last set of days, like, there was no work. And God really sustained us during 2019, especially me within um, the business, because it just, it kind of was shut down. Like, the way I operate my business now, and and that's why you just have to thank God for so many seasons, because my business is much more busy now than it was back then. And the way that my schedule and everything is set up now, I don't know if I could have been interrupted to the level of, I was not even working anymore, I would say. Like my days, especially coming down to the hospital, of being in the hospital all the time, it was, you know, eat, sleep, go to the hospital, eat, sleep, go to the hospital, pray fast. And that was like my whole day. So my whole entire life was interrupted. At first it was just interruptions for an hour or two a day to go to physical therapy and work physical therapy with him on the days off. And then, you know... That, that that was the biggest part. And then sometimes taking clients. But when it came down to the end, it was like I wasn't even working anymore. And I was just trying to figure out like what what's going on in my life. Life was just so, so different. And God just sustained me during that whole time. And I think that I am 
so glad that I was able to be interrupted during that season because it was his last season. And when I first started to be interrupted, I didn't know. And so I'm not saying that every current relationship you're in now, it's like, oh my God, I need to just like put my entire life on hold because I don't know how long this person is going to be here. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying when God opens our eyes to see the fact that, you know, we have these connections and these relationships. And if I'm willing to be interrupted just for a few minutes, then that can make a big difference. The next thing that I want to ask you is, are you really listening to them? Are you really listening to them? I want to read a verse from Esther 4, 1 through 8. And it says, when Mordecai learned what has been done, which means that Haman wants to kill all the Jews, he ripped his clothes to shreds and put on sackcloth and ashes. Then he went out in the streets of the city, crying out in the loud, bitter cries. He came only as far as the king's gate, for no one dressed in sackcloth was allowed to enter the king's gate, as the king's order was posted in every province. There was a loud lament among the Jews, fasting, weeping, wailing, and most of them stretched out on sackcloth and ashes. Esther's maids and eunuchs came and told her. The queen was stunned. She sent fresh clothes to Mordecai so he could take off his sackcloth, but he wouldn't accept them. Esther called for Hadach, one of the royal eunuchs, whom the king had assigned to wait on her, and told him to go to Mordecai, get the full story of what is happening. So Hadach went to Mordecai in the town square in front of the king's gate. Mordecai told him everything that had happened. He also told him the exact amount of money that Haman had promised to deposit to the Royal Bank of Finance for the massacre of the Jews. Mordecai also gave him a copy of the bulletin that has been posted in Susa, ordering the massacre so he could show it to Esther when he reported back with instructions to go to the king and intercede and plead with him for her people. So when I talk about, are you really listening? First, Mordecai took off his clothes. And so she sent him some clothes. And that's what we do. That's what we do. We we think that, oh yeah, you, you said that this is a problem and then I addressed it. Mm, no, you didn't. You think you addressed it, but you're not really listening to me. You're not really hearing what I'm saying behind what I've just said. So he took off his clothes. Everybody's weeping and wailing. I'm by, I'm, you know, all my clothes are gone by the king's gate. I'm trying to get your attention. I'm trying to tell you this is, this is serious. This is a serious matter. I need you to take it serious. And it's like, you're trying to put on some clothes. Mm-mm. No, no. I need you to spend some more time with me. Oh, Yeah. I talked to you on the phone for like five minutes. I'm going through a crisis and you talk to me on the phone for five minutes. No, you're not listening to me. You're not listening to me. I'm trying to tell you and communicate something to you and you're not listening. When I lived in LA, I lived with a family friend and he was an entrepreneur and I was not an entrepreneur at the time. I had just come out of the corporate world and was trying to be a screenwriter in LA. And during that time, it was my birthday. And on my birthday... I wanted to do like this full day of going to the beach and doing this and then doing that. And he was like, Carol, your birthday falls on a Wednesday. Like, I'm not going to be able to do all the things that you're talking about. Like, why don't we do that on Saturday? I was like, no, I want to do it on my birthday because it's my birthday and it's the actual day of my birthday. And then I want to do it. And that's my day off from school. And I went and he was just like, Carl, I have to work. And I was like, you're not working. You're sitting by your desk. He was not willing to be interrupted, clearly. I was like, you're sitting by your desk. You're not working. It was this, I think that was the biggest argument that we had while I was there because I just wanted to whine about my birthday. And 
one of the things that he explained, I remember like going on the couch, like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you. And I'm just like, we lived, he lived in a one bedroom apartment. Um, and obviously he stayed in his room. I'm on the couch. Um, and I was like trying to be upset and it's like, you can't go anywhere. Cause it's like, it's everything is in this one living quarters. Like, where are you going? Like I'm upset on the couch. And so he was like, no, we're going to talk about this. And so he had to explain to me, like, I'm an entrepreneur and you know, it's great that you get to come up here and stay with me while I'm here, but you need to understand that the only reason that I am able to survive in this okay neighborhood in LA and be able to take family friends in and stay on the couch and be able to, because I work for myself. I'm a 20, I think, I can't remember how old we were at that time, but I'm a, I think it was 30, 31, 31 year old working for myself and making this work. And I, I wouldn't be able to be making this work if on Wednesdays, I just decided to just go to the beach. Like, this is how I live. This is how I survive. And I was just like, dang, if like, if he wasn't serious about his, what he did, like, I don't even know how I would have paid to live somewhere in LA. Because when I decided to go there, I was like, oh my gosh, we have a family friend that lives there. You could just stay on the couch and everybody lives on a couch in LA. So it's not a big deal. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm taking for granted what you do as a profession. And as when I came home and became an entrepreneur and I would have people tell me like, let's go to lunch and let's do this. And I'm just like, I have work. No, you don't. You're not doing anything. I was like, I get it. Like, I get it. But I was not listening. Like you all you're all I'm hearing is, oh, we can't go to the beach. No, he's saying I can't survive if I just take Wednesdays just to randomly go to the beach. And it's like, hear what I'm saying under what I'm saying. And another example of when we lived in LA, is that he had a dog and I'm not an animal person. And so he would say, I'm going to take the dog for a walk um, around the neighborhood and the park. Do you want to go? No, I hate dogs. I don't want to go. But what he really was trying to say was, this is our time to bond. This is our time to continue to form our friendship, continue to just build. We're basically like family. We live in the same house for a few months and you go to school all day. I'm working all day and I do have to take the dog for a walk. So do you want to go? Oh, because then we're going to catch up on our day when we go for... Got it. Because also he was dating at the time. So either the girlfriend's over or they're going out on a date or he's doing work or I'm at school. And then I've met so many people when I'm over there. So I'm always out. So it's like, this is our time to connect. This is our time to bond. And I was like, right, right, right. Right. Okay, cool. Let's let's go. But it's like, hear what I'm saying under what I've said. And so Mordecai was saying when he took the clothes off, like, this is a serious issue. And then she's like thinking like, no, it's not that serious. No, it's really that serious. And so how many times are the people in our life trying to communicate something to us and we do not see the severity under what they are saying? And so when she realized that he didn't take the clothes, it was like, I'm not going to take the clothes. Mordecai was like, I'm not going to take the clothes because you need to realize that I'm serious. We about to die. We about to die. You about to die. Do something. And so when he didn't take the clothes, then she said, oh, go get the full story. It's like, yeah, like we don't need something big to happen in the current friendships, relationships that we're going on for you to realize like this is this is major. This is I don't know if you know. But this is major. You may think that it's really small, but there is something brewing. And so therefore, I need you to deal with this 
right now. Something is brewing. So the second question you ask yourself when you're sorting over the relationships you're in now is, are you really listening to them? Are you really listening to them? Are you hearing the note behind the note? Are you hearing the why behind the why? But are you really listening to them? And the final thing that I want to ask is, how selfless are you? How selfless are you? How much of yourself are you willing to give up in the relationships you're in now? When Mordecai told her, you need to go before the king. But the king ain't called me in 30 days, though. (laughs) And the famous line from Esther is, if I die, I die. If I perish, I perish. Now, I'm not asking you to go out there and be dying for your current relationships and current friendships. I'm asking you to be selfless. I'm asking you to make sure that you are giving into the current friendship and current relationship. Because as I said at the beginning, God is building your capacity in the weight for a connection that you're hoping for, God is deepening the capacity that you have in order to love and give on another level. And if you feel like, I am selfless, I am giving. So God's maybe saying, you really need to wait. Because if you feel drained now, if you feel overwhelmed now, if you feel like I'm depositing in all these relationships right now, God is saying, spend some time with me because you really need to deepen your relationship with me so that you can make sure you're not pouring from your cup and pouring from my cup because sometimes we pour from our own cup because we're looking for a validation because we're looking for acceptance because we're looking to overcompensate for another area because if you're depleted that means it's not coming from god it's coming from you and so therefore i need to check why is it not coming from god because when god's deepening your capacity to enlarge the friendships and the connections that you're supposed to have or that you're desiring or that he wants you to have That weight and patience is giving you time to deepen that because he's filling you up. So if you currently feel depleted, overwhelmed, stressed out, too much putting in, that means you're not relying on him to pour it into you. You're trying to rely on yourself. And so therefore, you're overwhelmed. You're depleted. But when you're pouring from God, then I can be selfless. When she knows that, you know, God wants me to save the Jews. And so if if God wants me to die, then I die. Because it's not coming from me and it's not about me. And so you know that you can be completely selfless when it's not about you. After my brother passed away, I went straight into a leadership role. I became the president of our sorority. And during that time, I think that happened in August. And that was, that only could have been God allowing me to pour out as a leader because I was going through grief. But God allowed me to be able to be in that position because he knew he wanted to teach me leadership. That happened August 2019, and I hired my first employee in June of 2019. So almost a full year. It was almost a full year of being in that position and God teaching me what it meant to lead others. And I knew that God wanted me in that leadership position because he was building my capacity to be able to lead a team, to be able to be responsible for someone's salary, be responsible for the way that someone learns, the the things that they are exposed to when it comes to business and building that team. And that has been one of the most rewarding connections that I've had for 2020. My my tea, uh, my mentee, she, she's my mentee and she's my team, Tiaja. And she's so amazing. And I'm so glad I get to pour into her. I'm so glad that we have such an amazing team. But I, I truly believe that God needed to build my capacity to give on another level. And that is why he allowed me to go into that leadership role. And so when you are in a waiting season and you're just saying, God, there are other connections that I want. There are other relationships that I want. Know that the relationships that you have now, that God is using this time and using this weight to deepen your capacity with him so that you would be able to 
be able to give into those new relationships. And so some practical tips, if you know that there are some things that I talked about today where you were like, whoo, I do not, I do not do those things. I do not do those things. Schedule a time. Schedule a time to make time for those relationships. I'm somebody who, I do want to be a mother in the future, but I realized that I have nine godchildren that I was not spending any time with. I would take, you know, several weeks to drop their gifts off with their parents and not spend any time. So this year, that a very unique idea that was going to save me time from driving all around, but also more importantly, it was going to give me that that time to really get to know them. And even though it wasn't one-on-one time when we did the first get-together that I did with them, it was everybody in one setting so they could all get their Christmas gifts. I was just be able to just be with them like I wasn't before. I would come, give them a hug, give them the gift, and then talk to their parent for like an hour. And there was no time with them. And so we, you know rented a movie. Well, I bought a movie, bought a movie, rented these big games. We got pizza and just had a few hours just to kind of connect with just them and just kind of know them and spend some time with them. And I set that time aside to say, I'm going to do it on this Saturday. And I sent an invitation to their parents and praise God, all of them were able to come except the ones that don't live on the island. But I was able to pour into them because I set that time aside. And so schedule a time to pour into the relationships you have now because you know that God is building your capacity. But if you're not storing over what you have now, God is saying you don't have the capacity for the relationships you're asking me to bring in your life. You don't. And so store it over the ones you have now by scheduling time to spend with them. The next one is be present in the moment. Be present in the moment. I won't stay there too long because I have a whole episode that talks about being present. So listen to last week's episode, Mindfulness, Are You Here Yet? And that can give you a great picture on what it means to be present in the moment. And the last one is be willing to be interrupted. Be willing to be interrupted. I was listening to a podcast by... I think it was the Oprah Super Soul. I love Oprah Super Soul podcast. That's a great podcast to listen to. If you only listen to the Royal Access, there are other great ones that I listen to, like Christine Kane, Super Soul. I listen to Transformation Church. Those are really good podcasts to just tune into if you find that, you know, I love podcasts and I want to broaden the scope of the ones that I listen to. But during that episode, and talks about being interrupted. It's when Shonda Rhimes shares... She shares that when she's going out or at any time in her life, if her daughter asks her to play with me, mommy, could you play with me? She said she doesn't care if she's going to work. She doesn't care if she's in a fancy gown and she's going to an award ceremony. She always stops and plays with her daughter for about 10 minutes because of the fact that she wants to be present in that relationship. She wants to honor that relationship and she wants to be there for her daughter. And so therefore she's willing to be interrupted, even if it means I have to be in a ball gown playing with my daughter because I want to make sure that I'm always pouring into that relationship. And I want to know that I've taken the time to be there and to really pour into that relationship. And so I don't think that we should pour into relationships that we have now just because we want other relationships or other connections, but because we honestly love that person. God is saying, how deep is your love? How deep is your love with the people that you're with now? And in time and in the right season, when other connections that you may have longed for, when they do come, you will be able to honor them well if you learn how to honor the relationships you have now. So how deep is your love? Are you tapping into God to deepen that love? Because he wants to build your capacity. So don't resent the weight for these connections that you may want. Enjoy. Enjoy the deepening of your love with the connections you have now. 
schedule that time, be willing to be interrupted, be present in the moment and continue to build on those connections. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Royal Access. We had so much great fun with you. We hope that you will be here next week for another episode. Thank you for listening to The Royal Access Podcast. Be sure to learn more about how to connect with us in the show notes below. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend. We would also love for you to consider leaving a rating or a review. Until next time, I'm Corel Pinder your truth-telling accountability partner.